1: Night from the most restive site, eight up or you, lighting up the fuse, sit back and enjoy the bubble. We hear from John and Wayton. We don't need roads, and if the buck stops here, yeah, this thing might blow. Everything you hear opinions pinions of the show, and if you don't like it, go to the forest and let them know.
0: And welcome, everybody, to Rewind. A Dynamite. My name is Wei Tang, and uh, you know, a lot of you may not have been expecting me to um, lead the show today, but uh, some um, late-breaking news, unfortunately, from the John Pollock household is that, um, unfortunately, John had to deal with a bit of a flooding issue in his basement. Now, I was told in an update exclusively here at Post Wrestling that uh, the issues have since been resolved, but nonetheless, um, obviously, it took John away from being able to watch Dynamite tonight, so uh, pinch hitting for him one of the most reliable men and today I think one of the most busiest men in all of professional wrestling, podcasting the one, the only John Ceno, thank you so much for being hey. here John
2: Thank you for those kind words. Yeah, Wednesday is my, my day off from my, uh, my shoot job, as they say. So I'm free. Uh, you, you got me on the right night. You know, It's my work day, so I'm working from morning to nighttime. So let, let's extend that, my shift for tonight.
0: I mean, I'm free. I think, you know, let's put a bit of an asterisk there because you were <laughs> in charge of also writing the uh, written report over at postwrestling.com during Dynamite, uh, as well as, you know, many of your other duties, including um, a, a new member of the cage team.
2: Yeah, I I just uh, was invited to that team uh, earlier this week. Cage match, Cagematch.net, apologies. Cagematch.net. Cage Actually, as I attended Monday Night Raw this Monday, they shot me a message. It was like, hey, I've been contributing to them, like helping them out since like 2016. And they're like, hey, you just want to join the team and just edit yourself instead of emailing us consistently. So I was like, sure, why not? You know, As I do my research for Shot in the Dark and all these shows, I like to time the matches and everything. So I tend to help them out anyway. So they went ahead and uh, added me on. So today was my my first day doing that. Then I did, I watched all my shows for Shot in the Dark because now that's on Thursdays. So I do all my watching on Wednesdays before I record on Thursday morning. Then I do the Dynamite Report. I tried to squeeze in one episode of the Wu-Tang show that happened to premiere on today of all days. So I watched one episode out of three. And then I got the message from you. I was like, hey, as I'm watching Riza dealing with his flood on this Wu-Tang show, you're texting me about John and his flood. I'm like, you know, art imitates life or whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, here I am. So yeah, let's extend my shift. A nice... Uh, 16 hour shit for me today I want to say just doing all this work so let's let's
0: continue and you're not even supposed to be working today so uh, thank you again for being here John Ceno. we have a lot to get through on this particular show we have a, a little bit of news and then we get into our dynamite review and then at the end John is going to join us uh, John Sino is going to join us for our Elimination Chamber preview because we may not get a chance to talk to uh, those of you that aren't cafe members which you should be but if you aren't a cafe member well we probably won't be able to talk to you until Saturday so uh, we're going to go through a little nation chamber for uh, a little bit later on tonight but first some news items of the day and uh, of course you know I uh, this was something that uh, John really wanted to speak on um, and of course that was the passing of Jerry Jarrett who uh, you know the legendary promoter who passed away um, this earlier this week uh, Jerry Jarrett was one of the most pr- important promoters and figures in the history of the industry and the news of the 80 year olds passing was shared throughout Tuesday with many remembering his influence and contributions after a lifetime involved in professional wrestling. So uh, as I mentioned, John actually did a whole lot of research that he wanted to uh, deliver um, tonight, but he um, obviously wasn't able to join us. So what he is going to do instead is he's going to record something um, talking about the life of and career of Jerry Jarrett. Uh, if you want a bit more on that right now, you can go over to postwrestling.com where John uh, wrote uh, uh, you know a tremendous uh, uh, recap of the man's career. So do look out for that a little bit later on. This week, let's talk a little bit, John, about Ring of Honor, because uh, several announcements came through today, um, the first of which is that ROH tapings have been confirmed for the end of February at Universal Studios in Florida. Of course, the first set of ROH tapings are under under Tony Khan is set for this month as first reported. By Fightful Select and Voices of Wrestling, Tony Khan has, infor- has confirmed on Busted Open Radio that the tapings will take place on Saturday, February the 25th, and Sunday, February 26th at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. It marks the first taping since Tony Khan purchased the brand last year in staged 3 pay-per-view events throughout 2022. This was followed by news uh, from Tony Khan. On SI.com, who announced that the first episode of these new Ring of Honor tapings will debut on Thursday, March 2nd on the Honor Club streaming platform as the promotion gets set for Supercard of Honor at the end of March in Los Angeles. The date coincides with the one-year anniversary of Khan's announcement on Dynamite that he had purchased Ring of Honor from Sinclair Broadcasting along with its tape library, which will be available as well on Honor Club. Um, So, you know... How excited are you for these ROH tapings? What do you think of it uh, taking place at Universal Studios?
2: I mean, that's where they've been taping the uh, Tuesday's AEW Dark, so you have, like, very similar i'm guessing a very similar style to what they're going to be doing with ring of honor my only like negative about it is how much like is really going to be happening on these shows because these spoilers tend to go out like live as they're happening when they do the aw with dark one people putting photos and results online already so i don't see anything significant happening on these shows unfortunately um that's like my only like downside on it but um it's you know it's obviously good to get some of the talent that we probably don't see on aw or haven't seen in a while finally get a chance to showcase I'm um, hoping for some sort of like change as far as like the look of the set. I don't want it to look like AW Dark. I want it to look totally different. Change up as much as po- as he possibly can. Maybe even filming differently. Um, I saw somebody online. I think it was on post wrestling message uh, message board about how they hope that like Tony Khan isn't in charge of writing it just to give it a different flair and a different style. So I don't know if he has other people that he he intends on helping out because he's doing a lot on his plate, obviously. So hopefully he can get somebody to help him out, Um, write the storylines and do something a little bit different than what we're seeing. Cause I don't, I don't want to see another AEW dark. Basically. I want to see something totally different and fresh.
0: Mm -hmm. I have a feeling these tapings and this product overall is mainly going to be sold on sort of word of mouth coming off of what, hopefully are going to be killer matches you know i don't even know if so much it's if it's the storylines or 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 all that that are really going to be the hook for it i mean i think it's going to be some 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 report from a, a live attendee there that's going to tell everybody you have to see this match this was you know a match of the year candidate this is the thing that i think you know has worked out best for rampage thus far um and maybe even for something like a dark and especially if you're going to charge somebody a price to watch essentially what hopefully is not just an extension of dark or even rampage you kind of need to bring that level of quality so um i think as a cost efficient way of starting out you know it makes a lot of sense like at this point i i mean this is a, a an online show um and, you know, it it, 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 you're going to be limited, I suppose, you know, versus maybe um, in terms of income versus a, a TV deal, for instance. I think as a way to start out, it makes sense. We'll see if the quality can maybe match up to, you know, the, ma- the demands of this monthly pricing.
2: Do you see possibly like, maybe not right away, but in the long run – exclusive stars that you can only see on Ring of Honor. Like, I doubt, like, Claudio, who's obviously the champion right now, will only be on Ring of Honor uh, uh, content. But, like, maybe that's, like, one of the the hooks is, like, if you want to see, like, Willie Uta, if you want to see Mark Briscoe, if you want to see Claudio, you have to pay for the Honor Club to see them. I mean, that might work, right?
0: I think so. Um, But, you know, it's it's sort of, like, a bit of a double-edged sword because, like, um, certain talent, uh, you're kind of, like, AEW TV needs the big names too, right. You know, like if it was the Briscoes and they still were in that weird sort of like, you know, ban banning from um, um, TBS or, or T TNT, um, I think they would have been the perfect type of hook, you know, to get people to exclusively sign up to honor club to see them. And, um, you know, obviously, unfortunately that's, that's not such a thing anymore. Um, It's not possible now. Like is a Tony Khan willing to, I don't know, sequester Samoa Joe onto ROH. Maybe that's what he wants. Um, and maybe you could sacrifice this about Joe, you know, to, to not be on AEW TV. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play, play with it and how, how much co-promotion will continue to exist on M- AEW maybe, television. Maybe
2: we'll get a draft. We'll have a ring of honor, AEW draft.
0: <laughs> and, and maybe it'll mean absolutely nothing. Like, uh, <laughs> like most, most yep. of the wrestling drafts tend to, uh, let us know in the comments and then in the chat room. Or are you guys going to be signing up for uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Honor Club? You know, um, this is certainly of interest to to myself and everybody. Uh, okay, let's go up next to some ratings, news, and notes here. First of all, with WWE Raw. Uh, for the fourth consecutive week, WWE Raw was the top show on cable on Monday while doing a huge number in Canada. The February 13th edition from Brooklyn averaged 1,812,000 viewers and approximately 613,000, which is a .47 in the 18-49 to 49 demo and ranked first among cable originals on Monday, according to WrestleNomics and Buzz Daily. Raw finished ahead of the college basketball game between Miami and North Carolina on ESPN, below deck on Bravo, and another game between Texas and Texas Tech on ESPN. Over into NXT. NXT posted its highest figures over the past month while MLW Underground Wrestling dropped outside of the top 150 in the cable programming. Uh, the February 14th edition of NXT averaged 640,000 viewers and approximately 201,000.15 in the 18-49 to 49 demo, ranking 17th among cable originals on Tuesday. Also, according to WrestleNomics and ShowBuzz Daily, it was NXT's strongest performance since New Year's Evil on january the 10th you've been keeping up with nxt so you know
2: uh yeah i was able to squeeze that in today at some point um it was a pretty good show i'm trying to remember exactly like what the big things were but i know like the opening match was good with um tyler Bate and uh grayson waller i like what they're doing with grayson waller and Shawn michaels i don't know what the end game is because i don't think it's gonna end up being waller and michaels having a match so maybe michaels brings in like a new signee like a dragon league or somebody to kind of like you know, fight in his honor. Exactly
0: thing. who I would think of when I yeah. think of the next coming of Shawn Michaels is, is Dragon Lee. Yeah. But no, I, I think the viral stuff like they've been doing with with Grayson Waller has has been very effective. Um, It's it's something different. And I think it speaks to maybe a younger demographic that, you know, is following a lot more on social media. I mean, the, maybe the best social media build um since Dominic Mysterio. Do you catch that uh, Valentine's Day?
2: I, special i did I, I was i was upset I, at first i thought nothing was gonna happen i like oh, they have to do something and then the video uh was tweeted out i'm like yes this, this is great this is exactly what uh what we needed did you enjoy that more than the um the brooks jensen uh valentine's day snafu did you, did you did you catch that
0: the valentine's day snafu i'm not so sure about the snafu what do you mean
2: so he went on a date it was uh brooks jensen and um uh, what's her name uh k um uh, kayla uh, kiana james went on a date and the entire time family henley was trying to uh warn him that uh she's been talking to somebody named zach that she professed her love to and then as soon as uh he was going for the kiss on a kiana james after their wonderful valentine's day date uh here comes family henley saying, no don't do it don't do it she's in love with zach and she's like yeah i i said i love you zach because he's my brother and zach opens the door and uh there's brooks jensen just shaking his head so disappointed in Henley ruining his uh his valentine's day
0: you know um it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a date of, or sorry, it's a, it's a holiday of highs and lows, Valentine's Day is, so um, hopefully, uh, you know, a, a better St. Patrick's Day for uh, all involved there. <laughs> um, all right, um, let's, we're going to proceed uh, a, a little bit uh uh, in a little bit with our Dynamite review, but uh, it's a very special edition of the show that unfortunately John Pollock isn't here for because we actually have a title sponsor, John Ceno, and that is from Nord VPN. Are, are you currently using any sort of VPN? Um,
2: not currently, but I, I'll be honest. I, I was using it earlier when I was watching my uh, my Wu-Tang show. <laughs> I there's no way
0: I would have been able to do today's show <laughs> Without a VPN okay and and I don't know maybe John like specifically like abandoned us with this you know terrible flood just to really kind of test out like the functionality of this thing because I've been wanting to use a VPN for a while and it's mainly because I've wanted to use aew plus on fight and why would I need aew plus when I can watch aew on TV well there's a very little uh, special thing called um, the ability to rewind to pause and to watch the show, um, you know, uh, without a picture-in-picture ad, that I really, really, really welcome through the use of AEW And unfortunately, of course, it's not available to people in Canada or the US to purchase. So um, I had to use a VPN, and NordVPN is something um, that I've heard a lot about, and uh, they are incredibly reputable. Um, I was able to sign up through the UK. And for the past two weeks, it's been a complete game changer for me. Like during Dynamite Tonight, I had to start the show about 20 minutes late. Still, I was able to, at some point during the show, refill my coffee. I took a break to check on Twitter around several times to catch up on a move I missed or to uh, catch a match that Excalibur mentioned that I certainly didn't hear. Uh, plus, I didn't have to sit through any picture-in-picture commercials. In addition, I could now browse and even sign up for our Netflix account from another part of the world, plus the, of course, several benefits of added. Online security from browsing and downloading this month happens to be nord's 11th birthday and they've got a special offer Uh, every purchase of a two-year plan will get you an additional bonus of either three months or one year added to your subscription and if you sign up right now at nordvpn.com post wrestling you also get a bonus month on top of that so that is a minimum of a four-month bonus on all two years Plans for as little as three thirty five a month. Use NordVPN.com slash post wrestling. Try it out for thirty days and if you don't like it, they guarantee your money back. Again, NordVPN.com slash post wrestling. Uh, give give us a, a little bit of love if you, you know, decide to sign up for one of these and let them know that this type of advertising works. And uh, again, NordVPN.com slash post wrestling. We thank them for their support of post. Okay, Sino, are you ready to talk a little bit about tonight's dynamite? Let's go. Oh, boy. This show. This show. Um, So heading into tonight, we are coming from uh, Laredo, Texas, of course. And we start things off with a Jerry Jarrett graphic, of course. Um, And we start the show off with Jeff Jarrett showing up. He was originally scheduled to be a part of tonight's show. And as uh, Tony Khan discussed today, uh, Jarrett was adamant that he participate and perform and he is the first person out on the entire show and the announcers make mention of the professionalism of jeff jarrett coming out and competing under circumstances we get max caster of course topical as always uh telling jeff jarrett that your dad was a legend but you are a douchebag you're a nepotism baby like the ass boys valentine's day you got no play um and he called that tna lockdown what do you think of a caster's rap tonight
2: yeah, when, once he mentioned his dad, I got worried for a second. I'm like, well, where this is going? Because you never really see positivity in his raps. So it's good that he was able to turn that around. And of course, he got a little TNA shot. You can't have a, a rap diss against Jeff Jarrett and not mention TNA. But like you guys have been mentioning for weeks, we need to hear Double J's raps, right? We need to hear him, him spit a freestyle or something back to Max Castor. It's got to be coming one of these days. I
0: hope so. I really do. Because what are we doing here, okay? Come on. We, we, we have a guy. Well, at the very least, maybe he can get like Road Dog to, to like, you know, ghostwrite it for him. Lip sync it for him, you know. Give me a rap video. They gotta go go full on with like you know the Jeff Jarrett rapper gimmick, the way that they did with the country music gimmick way back. Um, so we, of course, in this match, had a rare in-ring appearance from Sanjay Dutt. He, you know, really didn't do a whole lot more than he usually does as a manager here. He tagged in, stomped a few times, tagged out, took the leg drop finish. It was a totally safe sort of a, a match uh, as usual. But it's always nice to see Sanjay Dutt on the graphic here. The heels take turns beating Billy up, and that 's when the ass boys come out on the ramp to watch. Billy Gunn at that point takes everybody out, leaving Sanjay alone. But here comes Jeff Jarrett with the Golden Globe, and at this point, everybody comes in, Orange ends up hitting Sanjay with the orange punch they're about to hit scissor me timbers on sanjay but the heels keep stopping them and they each kind of take turns to try to complete this sh- uh scissor me timbers first billy tries to finish it but he gets stopped orange then comes in to try to finish it but he gets stopped finally we are we we, we go around the whole the whole circle and bowens finally comes back and he hits scissor me timbers to sanjay giving the faces the win what do you think of the opening match here
2: First of all, shout out to Sanjay's uh, gear. He had like a pencil tie, like actually looked like a pencil, which was pretty cool. Um it was a good match, from, from you know, from what you expect. There was a lot of comedy spots, but I feel like this is something that was probably needed. Obviously, like you know, with the whole J- Jerry Jarrett situation and whatnot. I just don't know what's happening with this Golden Globe. Like, are we gonna get a payoff? Is it just something like they're gonna be using as a permanent weapon? Like, are, are we getting the return of Paul Walter Hauser in one of these shows? Like, are we gonna wait for the Oscars now? Or, like, I don't know what's going. On. I don't know where that's going with that. Um, but it's it's good to see. Like, this is just something for the acclaimed to do for now until they go after the tag team titles again,
0: that act like that dude seems like such a huge wrestling fan that I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he came in for like a, an actual match, perhaps, you know, at some point um, yeah, see that. for now, yeah, it just seems like to be, it seems to be another weapon. Um, that's probably a bit easier to carry around than, than a guitar everywhere. But um, I thought it was a fun, you know, um, comedy match And considering the circumstances, I mean, you get you again have to kind of like be really impressed at um, Jeff Jarrett being able to come out here and essentially do a fun comedy match, you know, under the uh, despite everything. So it was really great to see him. um, And uh, I thought it was, you know, it was a fun light opener compared to the usual opening fair for Rampage. Uh, What wasn't necessarily fun nor light was Brian Danielson here. Uh, This is right after last match where his face is just absolutely full of blood and uh they record an interview with him in the back as he talks about mjf he says the die has been cast the dice have been rolled max is scared as shit and i feel like gold as he proceeds to just cut this very fiery bloody intensive promo from danielson um you know some of the more it's 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 a bit strange you know see for me like you know being so used to seeing this guy like tend to his garden on total bellas and then um to kind of see this version of him but uh your thoughts on uh, brian danielson tonight
2: yeah he even called himself uh the, the boogeyman as well which is like ooh, you know he kind of reminds me of, i don't know if you're gonna get this reference but some people who have kids that might play online games There's this game called a uh, hello neighbor which is like this neighbor who seems like a nice guy he's like a gardener he takes care of his house whatever but he's really scary like when he starts chasing you around so that's what he reminds me of he reminds me of the, the 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 bad guy from hello neighbor it's like uh, like an evil gardener yeah you know, if this was nineteen ninety-five wow. WWF, that would be his gimmick, right? He'd come out with the whole overalls and everything. Kind of like what he was wearing when he was part of the Y family, that would be his gear.
0: Yeah. When when Brian Danielson gets to the age of like 60, and I'm sure he'll still be wrestling by that point. I think that'd be, you know, quite the character for him, evil gardener. Uh all right, up next, I thought this was this would be the main event, but instead it's our second match of the night. It is the Texas tornado tag match between John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli taking on Rouge and Preston. Vance here the action begins during BCC's entrance as they brawl through the crowd during commercial Hangman Page is seen watching from the back Moxley is on the apron as Vance spears him through the ropes landing onto Claudio and Roosh on the outside at this point Mox is busted open we go into another commercial with a lot of uh, good double team cocky heel work from LFI through the break Vance comes in He grabs a chain and uses it to hit Mox repeatedly, getting a two count. Claudio then grabs the chain and just beats Vance repeatedly with it. And now Vance is busted open. Claudio puts Vance in a giant swing, but Roosh breaks that up at two. Uh, There's a lot of blood coming out of Preston Vance at this point. Jose comes in, he hits Claudio with the chair, and then out comes Wheeler Yuta to take Jose to the back. Vance is choking Mox with the chain, but Mox, Mox counters, turns it into the hammer anvil elbows, and then beautifully flips him, in using the chain into this armbar with the chain for the tap out as the BCC win. Uh, your thoughts on this Texas Tornado tag match?
2: See, it's matches like this that make me want to sign up to NordVPN because like, when I use the TNT browser... I can't pause, first of all. I can't rewind, so I have to do everything live as is. And I don't see anything in in picture-in-picture. And I like to time the matches, so whenever they start fighting on the outside before the match, I'm like, please do not start the match, because I can't hear the bell rings. I need to see this, so this is why I need to get a VPN. The match itself, though, was was wonderful. I like how commentary brought up the history between Preston and um, Moxley, when Moxley dominated in the first two matches they had, and kind of like... Preston holding, like, a grudge against him for this. And then they also kind of had a standoff at one point between Rouge and Claudio, which makes me think that could be potentially be a match for uh, Supercard of Honor or any of these Ring of Honor tapings that are coming.
0: Mm-hmm. They, they tend to, like, I don't know if, like, it's they book these sort of matches based off of, like, um, prior occurrences, or if it's just they're booking these matches and then they'll do their research to see what sort of connection these two might've had prior. And it's, it's usually pretty effective in at least, you know, building a little bit of story for what is essentially a bit of a random match here, but a good showcase here for uh, the BCC and Roosh as well coming off of last week's, you know, I think very well reviewed match against yeah. Brian Danielson. So there
2: was a couple of scary spots when like Moxley, like slingshotted Roosh into the barricade. He kind of like awkwardly kind of like slinged him there. And then also went up, uh, Preston did the suicide dive, like, like, threw like Roosh and Moxley onto a uh, Claudio. Like, that was pretty wild. But yeah, obviously, they both bled. Um, it, it's funny because I think his new shirt is like, I forgot what Moxley's new shirt is. It's something yeah. about Blood is Forever or something. Or it's beautiful. Yeah. Blood is beautiful. Blood
0: is beautiful. Oh, I mean. There we go. Yeah. So
2: that, that's a shirt that, of course, uh, is going to sell
0: yeah yeah um i guess so it, it really i don't know if it was a shirt i don't think it was in white but i think it should have been in white oh, yeah. and that he should have proceeded to bleed on it and maybe it, it could come with like bleed st- blood stains you know can there they we add blo- uh, john moxley blood stains at pro wrestling tees
2: yeah think? i'm sure they can why not yeah
0: i'm sure uh, all right, we cut to the back immediately after the match, and Kip Sabian and Butcher and the Blade are attacking Hangman Page, and Sabian and and Page are about to have a match tonight. We uh, then follow that up with an interview between Wardlow and Jim Ross. What do you think of having Jim Ross in, in this uh, sort of backstage interview situation?
2: Honestly, it's the role that works for him. When, you know, whenever he did it in WWE and whenever he does it in AEW, it always like brings out the best I feel like out of the person he's interviewing, and I kind of enjoy just having him some sort of presence on, on Dynamite. And if they're not going to use him on commentary, if they're not going to use him in any backstage segments, why not do a sit down? You know, I feel like he's like the perfect person to kind of sit down with and kind of like bring out the best out of a wrestler. And this, a story like this, like Jim Ross is like there to react to it in the proper way.
0: I totally agree. I think I think Jr. is really good at these. He always seems incredibly like genuine and authentic as he's asking these you know fake professional wrestling storyline questions. Um, it's a way to get Jim Ross on camera, and I would argue it's as valuable to see his face on camera as it is to hear his voice these days. Um, plus, there's the benefit of editing, so you can really kind of like you know if there's anything that you need to clean up, you can clean up. But I think it's a very good use of Jr. <laughs>
2: Um. yeah also if you're like an average like wrestling viewer just happens to be on twitter and you see like a picture or you see this video, and you just see jim ross you 're probably gonna just click on it if you know nothing about AEW, you're like oh who's this guy i don't know that's sitting down with Jim Ross and you know what 's his video about so it kind of gives a a good reasoning to just see his face there. So what this video was about was uh, Wardlow talking about his father.
0: He says from the time he was eight until he was a a young adult, his dad was not in his his life. They reunited when he became a young adult, um, but that unfortunately was not too long before he realized that his father had developed stage four cancer. And after his father passed, after seeing him go through cancer treatment, Wardlow decided to grow out his hair and his beard And Samoa Joe took that away from him when he cut his hair off. Uh, He didn't just cut his hair off. He cut off his connection to his father. So um, some deep storytelling and some emotional storytelling here from Wardlow. What do you think of of this uh, segment?
2: No, for sure. Like, I didn't expect this at all. Like, when they said he's, like, had something important to tell us, I really didn't think they were going to go in this direction. I knew nothing about this. I'm not sure if anybody did. Um, But, like, I'm very curious to see what Joe's rebuttal is going to be with this, especially with the character that Joe's been having lately. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, you know, at Revolution, I'm just going to shave off your beard or something along those lines. Like, he already took the hair, right? So He's he's going to go pretty far.
0: I I don't, like, you know like it what what was it like the like if the jeff hardy story was any indication under a wwe watch like i mean under AEW, with as much as max caster is able to get away with i i feel like he's going to take it pretty far but um i think a pretty effective like storytelling build for wardlow here i'm seeing some criticism here from the chat room about maybe um um his his delivery I, i thought it was perfectly fine personally um I think at this point he needs to be moving past the squash matches, you know, and the power bombs. He needs some deeper emotional attachment and maybe this is it, you know. So we'll see. Uh, what do you think of the way he looks, by the way? how do you, do you do? You like the short hair on him or no?
2: He looks, I mean, he looks like a like a, a bigger Frankie Kazarian to me. I don't know, just like by the face and the hair. It's like, what else are you going to do though? Like, I don't want to see him bald. So it's like, all uh, right, he looks fine. Like It is what it is. We're just saying that because he had the ponytail and now he doesn't. So it's like. If he just started like this, nobody would have even batted an eye.
0: It's true. It it will take a bit of getting used to, though, because right now he definitely looks a little bit creative wrestler. Um, But, you know, I think the story makes it like work because every time you see him, you you know, okay, he doesn't he never chose to look like this. He looks like this because of this terrible, terrible Samoa Joe. Uh, Up next, we've got Mark Briscoe taking on Josh Woods here. So this is Mark Briscoe's first, I guess or second, I should say, you know, AEW Dynamite match. And uh, both guys are from Ring of Honor. In fact, they had a bit of a rivalry back in ROH. Um, at one point, Davari and Nice, who are stablemates of Josh Woods, they come out to attack Briscoe, but out come Penta and Phoenix to take them out. Uh, is there some some ongoing storyline between them?
2: um not that i know i mean this is the first time we've seen the lucha brothers in a long time i know they're having visa issues along with bandito i think so this is like their return i guess um i wouldn't i was kind of surprised as how they did their return um but as far as i know they they don't really have any connection to mark briscoe at least um i mean they had maybe have had matches with like tony niece and and the Trustbusters and and all these guys but um yeah it was kind of a little random here but i feel like it was just something for the laredo uh texas crowd yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe something to suggest, you know, a further match between the two. But I don't know if this was meant to, you know, draw an association between the Lucha Bros and and Mark Briscoe. Um, but anyway, yeah,
2: and, and we didn't see Pac either. So it's like, are we going to be seeing trios matches between like what Josh Woods, Davari and Nice against Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers? Because I'm not sure where Pac is in all this. Mm. Uh, so, huge reaction,
0: as John mentioned, for uh, the Lucha Brothers here in Laredo. Woods takes advantage of the distraction and hits a big corkscrew suplex from the apron to the floor on Mark Briscoe. After a commercial where Woods has, uh, was dominant... Briscoe fights out, sets up a chair, and steps off of it to deliver a running somersault plancha. Briscoe then hits a Splash Mountain for two. He calls for the J-Driller, but Woods fights out to deliver pure chaos, his version of the chaos theory, for two. Briscoe then lands a Death Valley Driver. He points to the sky and hits the Froggy Bow for the win. Uh, before um, we get to you, John, uh, Mark Briscoe looks at the camera, points at the tag title, and says uh, that the Briscoes are the baddest tag team in history. He says, Jay, I love you, boy, and I'm a Carry on. Uh, what did you think of Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods?
2: It was fun. I mean, Mark Briscoe has a lot of charisma and it definitely shows in this. He did all the spots that the Briscoes were popular with, with the, you know, diving off the chair and doing the Froggy bow and doing the you know the redneck kung fu. And uh shout out to Doom Tribe in the chat that just noted to us that Tony Khan put up a, a graphic that says Mark Briscoe is all elite. Um, so what does that mean? Does that mean he's not gonna be on Ring of Honor? It's kind of weird. I mean, he's still technically one half of the tag team champions, but hmm. I don't know what this actually means. I mean, he was under contract before, so I guess this means he's under AEW contract now?
0: Again, what what does that even mean? I don't know. Anymore, <laughs> you know? Who, I, who, I guess he got
2: drafted from Ring of Honor to AEW.
0: Who, who is an exclusive ROH person at this point? Like, didn't Claudio get an ROH, uh, you know, all elite graphic?
2: Yeah, right? Dalton Castle did. And so I guess Dalton Castle was Ring of Honor exclusive, him and the boys. I I don't really know. It's, it's very, it's really weird. Uh, I guess we need to see a Ring of Honor roster page if they even have one yeah. on the
0: website i think it would be um you know it wouldn't make sense after like going through as much as the briscoes did and as much public support as there was to finally get you know at least mark briscoe on tv for him to all of a sudden be roh exclusive even though he completely embodies the brand i think you could still do that but he's somebody who i could i would imagine tony would have on both shows you know
2: you know if this means that mark briscoe is getting a paycheck from ring of honor and a paycheck from AEW, all the power to him
0: (laughs) yes do do raw uh raw and smackdown wrestlers who appear on both shows get paychecks from both yeah, of them?
2: Absolutely. Like, have you seen like Adam Pierce's bank account? He's getting paid from all types of shows. He's mm, yeah, it. breaking into money.
0: All right. Uh, up next. So, man. <laughs> okay. So, um, they promoted this interview between Adam Cole and Renee Paquette on Friday by teasing us with the clip. You know, this was a, like a big enough interview that they needed to just give us a little bit of a taste or a little bit of a sample, and this interview could not have been more meaningless okay um we have a sit down here with adam cole and renee and uh, it's, it's
2: sorry it's the, the remarkable renee paquette i've noticed they started using that on aw dark whenever they mention her it's the remarkable renee paquette so they're doing a, like a wwe trope where they're kind of hammering you over the head with some of the nicknames and i noticed it's like the remarkable renee so kind of has a ring to it
0: that's her version of freaking i guess yeah <laughs> renee R- remarkable remarkable renee, renee paquette, paquette all right. right all right well well um remarkable Renee Paquette inf- um, asks Adam Cole about uh, what it's like to um, be back and Adam Cole says he has learned throughout this entire process to celebrate the many victories including being able to go through a day and not feel like he needs to throw up He hasn't had a chance to tell many chapters of his story yet and he says this roster is so stacked he knows he needs to be prepared um, but when Renee kind of prompts him for a name, uh, Adam Cole. Does not give any names. He says it's gonna be good for AEW and it's gonna be good for Adam Cole. Um he didn't say shit here. You know, they built this thing up like we were supposed to get something, and it's like this was as typical of like a hockey interview in the worst way as you could get. You know, like whenever whenever like uh, um you know USC fighters are interviewed by Joe Rogan afterwards, I I they they often rightfully receive criticism when rogan asks who you want to fight next and they don't name their opponent like it's your chance to build interest this is a fake sport and this is a scripted interview that they for some reason decided to tee up and adam cole gave us the most nothing interview ever like what What was the point of this
2: yeah and like you hit it over the head like they tease us with that clip of oh you're gonna reveal who the opponent is and then he didn't say anything it's like and like i don't know if it's just my work wrestling mind but i feel like he's like hitting us over the head too much with this like baby face like trying to return story to the point where it's like i feel like he has something up his sleeve that like we just don't know he's trying to throw us off with something um that's just my my idea i don't know what the status of kyle o'reilly is or or what's going on there but i can see maybe him coming in and bringing in some people and going over the tri- going after the trio titles at some point
0: that would be interesting um I, I think i've seen enough now of his baby face sort of like um persona to be able to confidently say that he's probably better as a heel um I can't imagine that they're like, you know, go, doing all of this just to swerve us, but I could see that they're, the that being the direction that they'll ultimately go to if he's not necessarily clicking as a babyface i don't disagree with you i think it feels a little bit forced right now and that and like you know he and and a segment like this where you kind of tease that you're saying you're going to say something important and you just leave people feeling disappointed that this certainly doesn't help Um,
2: i I know you were probably asking me but i'm going to ask you where is uh uh, mike bennett and matt tabin i haven't seen them on any shows (laughs) maybe we'll see him the tapings but that's his two of his former teammates i can see them possibly teaming up with him or helping him out
0: so maria is is right now she's she's sidelined i believe right so um I, but I, I don't think it's it's something that's that's going to take her off TV for too long. So um, uh, correct me in chat room if I'm if I'm wrong. So, you know, usually you're the one who corrects me <laughs> about these <laughs> things. So without Pollock here, we're just kind of you know flying aimless here. But um, uh, that's that's I, I I see I could see them maybe being a part of the the ROH tapings coming up. Uh, this segment <laughs> MJF and again I'm going to flash NordVPN.com/slash/postwrestling here because. If I did not get to see the the, the in-between commercial stuff here, and I'm assuming you did not see No. No, please fill me in. You would have missed the best part of this entire thing, okay? MJF comes out, and they do the thing where he comes out, and all you're seeing in the picture-in-picture is him coming out through the crowd, and he's just like... Taunting everybody, he like teases, taking a picture with with a fan, and he just rips the phone out of the dude's hand. He goes to the other corner and he takes a beer and throws it right into a fan's face. He throws popcorn into a fan's face. He grabs the microphone while they're still off air, and he says, "We're not even on TV yet. I don't give a fuck. Oh, you don't like my language? Is it because we have kids in the crowd? (laughs) Me." Maybe if we weren't in Texas, they would have been aborted like they should have been. Oh, my God. So,
2: I, I wonder if this made it on the uh, the ESPN debut of AEW over there in Australia. Dickie Bird, let us know if uh, you were able to see any of this.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, great promo for uh, AEW Please. Plus if you're not signed up. Uh, we're back on TV, and there are a ton of asshole chants, and you completely understand why at this point. He says to Danielson, these people love you, and that bugs me. Because at one time, these people loved me. They used to be devil worshippers. But he knows these people are fickle, so he turned on them before they could turn on him. But that's not the only reason he hates him, uh, Brian Danielson. He hates Brian because he has these people convinced that he's better than them. Why? Because he does cool moves? Because he puts on five-star matches? That's not why we get into the business. We get into this business to be world champion, and Danielson has not accomplished that in AEW yet. MJF knows he's going to be put through the hardest match of his life, but after the clock strikes zero, he will be victorious because MJF is the best wrestler in the world, not Brian. As MJF is about to do his catchphrase, and, and as the crowd is about to join along, he cuts them off and says, this isn't sing along with MJF. So, I mean, isn't that the Rocks line? Yeah, he has used that before, yep. But, you know, I mean, if, if you're going to steal, you steal from the best. And, and certainly you can make those comparisons justifiably between the two. What, what do you think of um, MJF's portion of this promo?
2: It was fine. I mean, he, he repeated a lot of things that he's been saying. So I was hoping like something else would happen and we would get that that would kind of take it to the next gear. But, you know, it's him. Like it makes sense now with him, like what he did during the commercials that brought a lot of heat to him because it's like MJF's one of those characters where it's like he's probably going to get cheered in most places. But so for him to do that during a commercial and people like me who uh, don't have NordVPN VPN didn't see this so it's like he it seems like a natural like reaction that he's getting um so you know i thought it was it was pretty good from what we saw i was just waiting for the next part and this is what we're gonna what we ended up getting
0: dickie bird in australia watching live informs us that espn does in fact have commercials ah okay so uh as john uh mentioned mjf then says if you won't listen to him maybe you'll listen to a guy who is a mentor of brian danielson's the fallen angel christopher daniels uh at this point MJF asked Daniels to speak the truth about Brian, and this is when Daniels reveals that MJF paid him a ton of money to actually come out here to denigrate Brian Danielson. Daniels says at one point in his career he would have gladly fulfilled the request, but now he will speak the truth, and the truth is that Brian Danielson is going to kick MJF's dick into the dirt.
2: Which makes sense, because, yeah, Danielson gardening, right? Like, that makes perfect sense.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is uh, (laughs) perfect, yeah there's this term again. I mean, like I've only heard it on AEW television. I guess it's a Texas Texas thing. Like wasn't it the last time Paige saying it like somewhere? Sound, yeah, I like never
2: heard I never heard that term, but does not sound like uh, pleasant at all?
0: No, it doesn't. Um I I'm going to will you try to use this in 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 daily conversation?
2: Um yeah maybe maybe when i go to work next my next shift i'll go ahead and uh <laughs> A Lego and use store. yeah i'll see i'll see how that works <laughs> next time somebody asks for something that's sold out that and get upset at me i'll say you know oh
0: goodness we'll, we'll, we'll do with these the prices dirt. man yeah you might get, yeah. get some of that uh okay um uh so where where am i dick in the dirt right He says he knew Brian would be great from the moment he was punched by him when Brian was only 20 years old. He knew it when Brian won the King of the Indies in 2001, which was a tournament that inspired the creation of ROH. And he says if there wasn't an ROH, then there might not be an AEW, and there definitely wouldn't be an MJF. He says Brian is a sponge, and he's destined to be world champion, and he's on that path right now. He's exactly what MJF wishes he could be. He is the best wrestler in the world today, while MJF is just a fraud. At this point, MJF swats the mic out of Daniels' hand. Daniels is about to turn and walk away, but MJF grabs him, which prompts Daniels to slap him in the face, and then MJF proceeds to kick Chris Daniels' dick into the dirt. As he applies his salt of the earth armbar as well, before Brian comes out to save his friend. What do you think of the fallen angel portion of this segment?
2: I was happy that he like, you know, wasn't on MGF's side because my fear was like, oh, he's gonna like bash Danielson for no reason. So I like how he like took the money and just kind of gave it right back to him. I'm um, not sure if we're gonna get a match out of this. I'm not for you know Danielson, uh, Daniel Chris Daniels is gonna just like disappear and go to ring of honor land after this or whatever the case is but i wouldn't mind seeing like a match i'm surprised they didn't announce it for like next week on dynamite or something
0: yeah yeah i i I could see it happening it would be such like mgf matches are so rare though that um they might not have him wrestle at all until revolution at this point um i thought it was great use of chris daniels here to draw upon the history and really to add a bit of you know name brand promotion for ring of honor um I think Daniels is, you know, I don't know if you would even necessarily consider him underutilized at this point, just given his role backstage. But um, even though his in-ring value as a top star is is probably past, but as a promo, I think he's still tremendous. So, you know, if he has the time to offer, it's always a, 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 a pleasure to, to see him on, on a TV
2: I do like how they, like, retconned, like, Danielson being the reason why Ring of Honor was created and, and that, therefore, being the reason why AEW was created and the reason why MGF was created. So it's, like, this, like, spiraling effect that without Brian Danielson, it'd be, like, nothing that we're watching today. So that's cool. And like you said, it's a good promotion for Ring of Honor. And I feel like we're going to be getting that as we head to uh, the premiere date. A lot of, like, Ring of Honor references that are going to, you know, make people sign up and watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, guns uh, deliver a video package. They are, of course, the new World Tag Team Champions they brag about only having had 10 televised matches in their career so far, and they've only been wrestling together for one year. Colton says, we're sorry we didn't go through the indies for $10 and a handshake. This isn't a fairy tale with a happy ending. Welcome to The Gun Show.
2: Does that mean they're going to be teaming up with Paul White? Is that what The Gun Show is? Oh, interesting. You know, we never, got a, we never got a resolution to that. Remember when Billy Gunn like, turned on, on Paul White and then he just went on commentary and that was it. We never got any sort of... You know, I feel like we,
0: I feel like there are like you know twenty unresolved like Big Show Paul White slash Giant um stories out there. Yeah,
2: yep. You yeah. still got to get our our Mark Henry Andrade. Uh, you know he interrupted mm-hmm. him. We never got to pay off to that. So these yeah. poor guys, they get you know they get sent to commentary and that's it. We don't ever see them wrestle again.
0: But you are right. I, I didn't think of it. Um, the 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 sh- 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 Showgun Show.
2: Showgun Show. There we go. Showgun
0: Show. Uh, Showguns, what a terrible name for a team back then okay, um yeah i I mean you know what what do you think of the guns as as champions?
2: um I feel like it's gonna be a short term thing like I mean, they obviously have a lot of challenges ahead of a revolution with this you know four fatal four way matches gonna be happening um it's good for the time being to kind of get them a little bit more t v time and a little bit more you know mic time, I guess, just kind of like rubbing it in all their opponents' faces, but I can't see a lasting past uh revolution to be honest i'd be I'd be surprised and You know, I don't know where they would go after that, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, up until this point, maybe up until the acclaimed, I should say. You know, I feel like the AEW Tag Team Championships have very much been upheld by, like, teams that are spectacular in-ring. Up until the Acclaimed, where I feel like, you know, the Acclaimed are more known for their, you know, charisma than they are for the inner ring they're very good in ring up until at this point but um i would certainly say the guns are more in the mold of the acclaimed than um then you know I, scorpio sky and, and kazarian for instance or, or the jurassic express um and i i think at this point like i'm open to the idea that like you don't necessarily have to be a five-star wrestler in order to be a champion in AEW. you just simply have to excel in some field and I'm looking for the guns to excel in terms of personality and charisma. I think they're great heels, especially for the amount of like time that they've been wrestling uh, and, and have been together. So we'll see what they can do with the spotlight, you know, and hopefully it's special enough. Jungle boy versus Brian cage here is up next. And this comes off of a jungle boy win over Brian cage that they pulled out from the archive back in December, Uh, Jungle Boy delivers several dives but Cage catches him on the outside and just drops him on the apron as he dominates through a commercial and all through commercial it's just Brian Cage tossing Jungle Boy everywhere Uh, which was a lot of fun to watch actually Cage hits Perry with a buckle bomb then an F5 and gets a two count Perry then fights out lands a DVD of his own but Cage just kicks out at one we then just go to another barrage of big moves from Perry including a crucifix bomb super kick big Larry to the back of Brian Cage's head and then a roll-up, and Jack Perry beats Brian Cage one more time. What did you think of the match?
2: Yeah, I was a little surprised about a finish, honestly. Like, Cage was giving it his all. He did, like, a slingshot powerbomb. He had, like, a move that they said reminded commentary of like, the Thoracic Express that he used to do as part of the tag team. Um, uh, Perry kicked out of F5. Like, it was like, you know, we're getting a lot of moves, a lot of big moves from Cage. And then here's a roll-up for the pen and a win for, for Perry. It was pretty uh, out of nowhere, I feel like. But, you know, it was a good win for for Jack Perry. But I feel like this is Brian Cage's roll now until, like, he's able to hopefully defend his title belt on his, these ring of honor shows.
0: I felt the same way. I felt the finish was a bit abrupt for the story that I thought, I thought they were going to tell, you know, for, for something that I think was being positioned as like a hard fought win from Perry. It ended up looking kind of easy for him at the end. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's kind of partially what they want. You know, he, he is certainly of a, of a level. Um, But I think Brian cage should probably like be pushed harder than this. So who knows? What, what it is. But um, after beating one cage, uh, seemingly uh, sets his up uncle, the re- his uncle. His re- uncle, Christian, yeah. <laughs> the return of another cage. He's gonna just going to go through the entire cage family. He's going to go after Luke, um, Nicholas. Nicholas. So that means he's going for the Coppola's as well? Yeah, he's the entire <laughs> Coppola family, yes. Damn. Wow. Sophia, watch out. Okay. Uh, so this is all a setup for the return of Christian Cage. His arm is still in a sling. Jack Perry charges, but Christian sprays him with something. Uh, the announcers th- think it smelled like mace. So,
2: <laughs> I don't not- know if if mace has a, I don't know, pepper spray has a, has a smell. I'm not sure if mace. I've never been sprayed with mace, thankfully. Is it I don't mace, know, I don't is it mace pepper spray? Is it, is it the same thing? I don't know. I've I, yeah. I never used any. I never smelt any. I never got any in my face. So okay. I, don't, I don't know.
0: Uh, if you've ever been hit with pepper spray chat room, uh, let us yeah. know. Christian takes his arm off the sling to reveal his healed arm, and he delivers the kill switch to Perry on the ramp. So um, I guess we're
2: see- getting this match at Revolution, right? I mean, he's cleared to go.
0: So seems like it is. So, so right. with
2: Luchasaurus, I know he's they're dealing with some sort of like lawsuit with the mask design. So I'm guessing that's why the reason why he hasn't been on. I don't think he's injured or anything. Yeah. So I'm guessing he maybe he's had to go through some, some sort of repackaging because of his mask, not being able to use it anymore. I'm not sure what to deal with that. You are, you
0: also already did the cage match, right? And Yeah.
2: Well, just I, to have him, like, there, in, you know, in the storyline somehow, like, if he's just been MIA.
0: Do you think we get an unmasking because as a result of all this soon? Mm, I can see that.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Like, he comes back and just, like, Perry just, like, takes him out in one night, takes off his his, uh, his mask, yeah. I don't even hate that.
0: Like, even, like, you know, regardless of this lawsuit. I mean, I don't think he's a bad-looking man from what I remember or, or what I've seen of him unmasked. On and... Big
2: Brother, wasn't he on Big Brother? That yeah. yeah.
0: And, and you can argue, especially as a heel, he's kind of outgrown this, you know, dinosaur gimmick, so...
2: And what's funny is he's he, it's not even a dinosaur. Like when he started in, in Lucha Underground, he was like a giant lizard, and then for some reason the the crowd just started chanting Luchasaurus, and then he started using it. But he's not even a dinosaur; he's a giant lizard. But mm-hmm. it is one of those. We've got, um, r- redi-
0: uh, r- remarkable, remarkable Rene, yeah. <laughs> who is um. We're here to inform us that the guns are going to defend their tag titles at Revolution against two other teams. Next week there will be a traditional Revolution tag team battle royal to determine the first tag team opponents, and then in two weeks there will be a casino battle royal to determine the other tag team opponents. So yeah. none of
2: these matches have three hundred thousand, three kings, and a baby. Like no, the casino right? one does. Okay, okay.
0: That's the that's the casino, as far that's as the I understand. That's casino one. Okay. So I think casino is like when you have like four groups come out
2: right i i, I don't know this is like this overcomplicates it for me it's just just do a battle royal like i don't i don't want to hear these stipulations for anything it's just it's, yeah. to me it just overcomplicates things
0: yeah yeah so two battle royals basically um and at this point the acclaimed interrupt re- uh, remarkable renee and they're here to deliver a message to the ass boys they say that it's no longer going to be a three-way it's going to be a four-way because they're invoking their rematch clause which i i guess exists in AEW. Bowen says one team, two teams, three teams, fly them in from the forbidden door. It doesn't matter. So could could that be a tease, John, that we're getting a, a forbidden door team as one yeah, of I, the participants.
2: I I did, did kind of notice when they said that as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see like maybe like a team from I don't know, who's out there, like the time splitters could be possibly we could you know, you have them out mm-hmm. there. You have uh, Austin, you know, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Maybe an impact. They did mention some of the teams in next week's Battle Royal. Uh, the best friends, it was Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Lucha Brothers, Butcher and the Blade, Davari, Tony Nese, Matt Menard, Angela Parker, and John Silver and Alex Reynolds are the only uh, announced entrants so far for next week. So is it one of those deals where, like, where all the losers next week get to like have another chance the following week? Because that's what they did last Ooh, time.
0: Good question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do they have enough teams to fill like two Battle Royals if, if they don't reuse?
2: And then where's all these other teams like how come they didn't get their rematch clauses does FTR come back and say hey we never got a rematch can we be in this match like everybody should just come back any tag team from the past should just say hey we never got a rematch like we didn't know that was a thing here in AEW and they'll just mm-hmm. enter themselves in a the match
0: maybe they didn't get to negotiate it the way the acclaimed did. so mm, B- Billy Guns evidently maybe you know had a lot of experience and Law, yeah, so but
2: the forbidden, t- the forbidden door tease is definitely gonna lead to something, um, mm-hmm. possibly from New Japan. Like, the only reason I said, um, not I meant to say the Mortal City Machine Guns, the only reason I mentioned that is because they're holding what, two sets of tag titles right now, they're the New Japan Strong Champions, as well as the uh, um, Impact Tag Team Champions, if I'm not mistaken. So, hmm.
0: all right, uh, the Elite are in the back, and you know, the um, okay, let's let's get into the segment here. The Elite in the back, Nick asked if they've got Team Giannis or Team LeBron. Um, do you have a choice?
2: Um, I'm going to go with Giannis because he appeared that one time on AEW and, and Tony Khan lost his mind announcing his name. So I feel like that's a an AEW guy.
0: OK, so I, uh, in reference to the All-Star game that is going to take yes. place on Friday, of course, yep. uh, that's actually preempting Rampage and pushing Rampage to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Kenny says it'll be close. But then, out come Flocks and Top Flight, who also said that, speaking of be close, we almost beat you guys last week. They also show up with their basketballs, and they say that they um, almost beat them. And TopFlight, in fact, did beat the Bucks at one point. So they demand a rematch for Rampage Slam Dunk, which is what they're calling it this Friday. Callis and Nick say that the, the Elite want to watch the game instead, so, so they're going to be busy. At this point, Dante says, oh, we get it. You guys like to play with balls but you don't have them
2: i just want to see a, a three-on-three basketball game at this point if you're gonna do yeah. it do it this friday like it's seven o'clock it's you know it's it's a good hook to have them come in like pre-tape it show it during a rampage and just do a basketball game I would, them, you know.
0: i'd be legitimately interested but I, i've seen like nick jackson's like trick shots i i kind of feel like he might smoke everybody on mm. the roster but we'll see um so kenny says that they're on the the ball comment you know was was more than enough to to get him to um grant a a trios tag team championship so again 7 p.m friday is going to be this edition of rampage
2: um really quick i don't know if you saw but there was a disruption okay so you did see it okay because at first i didn't catch it i had to go online to see it because of course i can't rewind on the app um so yeah the house of black had a little graphic so i'm guessing that's going to be teasing maybe the winners of this match at revolution
0: uh i guess you would think think so you know if, if it's the elite so yeah as Cino mentioned i actually screenshotted here uh very much in the same vein as the uh white rabbit teasers we saw a bit of a cut in featuring the house of black so um aw this, is, this is the
2: black rabbit the black rabbit teasers that we're getting black here. rabbit yeah
0: excellent uh so yeah seemingly telling us what the elite's next program will probably be unless top flight and air fox win you know it's hey, always possible. never know Hangman Page takes on Kip Sabian coming up next. Of course, uh, throughout the entire episode, they teased whether or not Hangman Page would be okay to uh, join, and in fact, he was. Sabian starts, you know, beating Page down throughout the commercial. We get Page coming back, and he hits the dead eye. Uh, sorry, my um, my recaps not 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 very. Um big here for this one. I, did I miss anything significant in the match?
2: No, not necessarily. I mean, at one point, they kind of, on commentary, they brought up Kip Sabian wearing his box in his head and saying how stupid that was for him wearing that for over a year for whatever reason. But, you know, just your standard back and forth match with, you know, just another went for page. But they, they made him, like, the excuse for, for Sabian having so much offense was, I think, because of the, the beatdown backstage. So it kind of made sense here.
0: Mm, right. And then at the end here, they're like the announcers are kind of teasing some weird blinking from page as if like he's hiding something. They're not telling us. So,
2: yeah, they were I, saying like he's having issues with his eye or something. So,
0: yeah, well, he had a dead eye, clearly.
2: Well, it's funny because so. so is Adam, Adam, uh, Adam Cole was having issues with his eye as well He's like twitching in his eye. So maybe they're going to have a match at, you know, Revolution will be the like well, eye versus eye. <laughs>
0: Well I think the the idea was to sell sell us the idea of, of maybe him being concussed you know mm. that's sort of been the theme of his feud with with Page or sorry with Mox is who can concuss the other so right. I don't know if they're trying to tell us that Paige is going into this Mox match concussed but um
2: I mean the only solution for any sort of concussion is to have a Texas death match right I mean
0: of course yes yeah. so out comes Mox Claudio and Yuda Mox says that they don't have unfinished business he already beat Paige he says he has some respect for him but he doesn't have any fear for him he knows that he's going to what he's going to do before he does it and there's no chance Hangman will ever beat Mox again Paige says this does not end with a roll-up and he challenges formally Mox to a match at Revolution Mox says he's he was hoping. That there'd be no one to warn him away from this direction, and says the emo cowboy has no friends. Cue the dark order as they come out, and they say that they are Hangman's friends. Paige. Motions as if he told the Dark Order to stay in the back, but Evil Uno is very fired up here. He tells Page to get out of the way. Uno steps right up to Mox and says he and the Dark Order aren't afraid of John Moxley. He pie-faces John Moxley, by far the most fired up and non-comedic, I think, we've seen Evil Uno. Mox says that Revolution, he and Hangman Page will be in a Texas death match. So,
2: I, yeah. I understand, like... These are Hangman's friends, and they're trying to give him some sort of serious edge here. But just the visual of seeing, like, Claudio and John Silver, like, obviously not being face-to-face, like, having to stare down. And then Evil Uno with his mask on and his suit on, going face-to-face with Moxley. Like, it's... After seeing these guys being so comedic all these years, it's like, now we have to take them seriously? It was kind of like... I don't know. Like, you're going to fight, like, the Warriors, and you have, like, the gang from, like, Sesame Street coming out to help you. It just... It just didn't feel right. Like, it's like there was no build to this kind of came out of nowhere so it's like these are the same guys were just cracking jokes on monday on on being the elite so it's like it's a little weird you know
0: yeah yeah i mean i don't think anybody for a second expects any sort of like you know upset victory here from evil uno i i will say i think if if you do if you showcase this side of evil uno enough you know this sort of like genuinely pissed off fiery side any comedian can get angry okay like we saw um, you know, like that Will Smith and Chris Rock situation, two very funny guys normally turn into a very serious, heated, uh, uh, you know, um, interaction in a very short amount of time. You can get serious with almost anybody.
2: Yeah, um, it, it didn't help, though, that Moxley, like after Uno kind of went in his face, Moxley literally just ignored him and looked over him and challenged Moxley to a match. Like he had no, nothing to say to, to Uno, which is like. Maybe that's in storyline. Like, I'm not going to take you seriously, but you could have said something or pushed him back.
0: Well, that might be the story of the match. You know, Mox is overlooking Uno and, and I'm sure that, you know, in, in, in the body of the match, you're going to see evil Uno, try to give him a bit of a run. So we'll see. JAS are in the back. Jericho continues to deny Ricky starts a match, uh, and says Starks is not at his level. Uh, Daniel Garcia says that he can't face Jericho, but he's got a match with him on Friday. St- Starks versus Garcia on Friday. Um, They all go through what Starks is absolutely blank. And Garcia calls him an absolute fraud. Hager says he's an absolutely, I like this hat.
2: (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like absolutely annoying, absolutely delusional. Absolutely, I love this hat. Not I absolutely love this hat. Absolutely, I love this hat. So it it was, you know, Jake Hager doing Jake Hager things.
0: I love this gimmick. it, It works for him so well. He plays like dumb, goofy idiot perfectly. I love it.
2: Okay, Excalibur
0: Rundown here. Rampage, 7 p.m. ahead of the NBA All-Star Game. We've got Daniel Garcia versus Ricky Starks for the Trios Championship, a rematch between the Elite and Top Flight and AR Fox. For the TBS Championship, we have Jade Cargill versus Burt Vixen, Swerve Scott versus Dustin Rhodes as well, uh, Over uh, in a match uh, fought contested over Doritos and uh, Black History Month. Mm.
2: Yeah, Revol- Dustin, Dustin's getting, you know, on Monday nights, on Wednesday nights. He's getting called out everywhere. This poor guy. Like, he just wants to wrestle him, you know?
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're going to get it. right. Uh, that might be the lead-in to the basketball game. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, Revolution, March 5th. We've got MGF versus Danielson for the World Championship. Joe versus Wardlow for the TNT title. The Guns versus the Acclaimed and two other teams to be determined. And Mox versus Page in a Texas death match thus far. Next week on Dynamite, Moxley versus Uno, and then the first of two Revolution Tag Team Battle Royals. So that's that. Stokely Hathaway is interviewed in the back, and he's dressed in all black because he says he deserves justice for what Hook did to him by grabbing him by the arm, breaking his arm, and injuring him. Stokely says Hook should be fired. He says he was on the phone with Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and Angela Davis. Mm, And uh, Tony informs Stokely that Hook was suspended pending investigation in the in, in the middle of this interview and then matt hardy says he threw some sort of like um party for for the firm what, what was all this
2: i didn't see this party this wasn't on on dark like they didn't have a party it was just hangman uh sorry ethan page and matt hardy hugged it out and and uh matt hardy gave ethan page a t a new shirt there wasn't any party unless they just filmed it for something i didn't watch
0: I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, there must have been some punchline I, I missed here uh, while trying to keep up with this. Uh, it might have been something on Being the Elite. It I mean, on...
2: it maybe, maybe it was a private party.
0: That, that's it. A private hearty party. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. So don't even tell me if what I missed. <laughs> In the main event, we've got Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. This was, of course, the match that was supposed to take place
2: last week, was it? Ah, oh, I think it was last week and a week before, two weeks yeah. before, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, uh, before Britt Baker's uh, injury. So, um, they're running it back here, and they have the main event. Taz has to kind of react, you know, by playing professionally, unflustered, you know, after hearing the hook suspension news. Soraya and Tony Storm, as they walk out, they attack a fan with a DMD sign in the crowd, and they threaten to spray paint her. But out comes Ruby Soho to the rescue. Uh, They do some opening uh, sequences and after a commercial, Britt Baker goes on a baby face run, but Soraya Soraya interrupts her on the outside. Britt delivers a schoolgirl, which forces Tony to deliver a German suplex to Soho out of the corner. Britt and Tony uh, then deliver some pretty hard hitting offense to each other. Storm then applies the Texas Cloverleaf on Soho, as Britt also applies the lockjaw to Soho at the same time. Soraya then comes out to break that up. She attacks Baker. And at this point, Soraya takes her spray paint as Tony Storm is in the corner, and Soraya spray paints an L on Tony Storm's butt before Tony Storm delivers the, t- the hip attack. Um, I'm all for like showmanship. I'm all for like you know, like I don't know, Grandmaster Sexay putting on his goggles before delivering the hip hop drop. I'm all for like grand- uh, you know, Scotty Too Hottie d- bouncing around doing the worm before doing that chop. I don't I, I couldn't understand this. OK, first of all, these two have been I mean, it's been they've been using this as like their way of humiliating their opponents by spray painting them. So now Tony Storm is willingly allowing her partner to spray paint her um, a hell of a dry cleaning bill that I'm sure Tony Storm has to pay for now. And it just like it adds no impact. Like this was this was just stupid.
2: I don't know if, like, just they're deliberately just trying to be bad or, or maybe because they're – they are they were not even call them the outsiders. They had a new name for them. They they kept calling them the freelancers. That was, like, their new line. I'm not sure if that's the name they're going to keep. Yeah, but, like, and ha-
0: have we ever had, like, Scott Hall, Spray Paint, Kevin Nash – um, ahead of like uh, Bigu, I don't know, got,
2: right? Yeah. L- o- as a, yeah, no, I don't think they did that on, in a WCW. But this was this was weird. This is like even like the the opening thing with the fan. Like, where first of all, security just didn't give a shit. They just oh yeah, yeah, mess up this fan, do whatever the hell you want to do. And then not only that, but like when Ruby Soho's music hit, she just casually just walked. She didn't really care. She didn't really, like you you know you think a babyface face would run and be like oh leave the fan alone. Like she didn't care.
0: She's supposed to play impartial, and that's the problem with this yeah. entire thing. I mean, the one among several problems is is the fact that like. In, in the midst of, like, I guess a pretty clear heel in Saraya, like a too clear, you know, we could say in Saraya and Tony Storm, um you have, I think, you know, baby faces in, in Jamie Hader and, and uh, uh, Britt Baker, but you have to also portray Ruby Soho as like having to choose between the two. And I just don't think there's been enough good storytelling to have us believe that, you know?
2: Really that- quick, who's the AEW women's champion? Jamie Hader. Where is she in all this? Like, what what's, what's the match? Like, what's the end game? Like, what is this leading to? Like, I don't know what this is like. Like, the whole storyline is which side is Ruby going to choose? Like, and it just, uh, this whole thing just is a mess to me. I I don't know. Like, I, I want to support it. I, I want, and I like all these women. But yeah. I just don't know what they're. this is leading to. I don't know what the end game to this is. And it's, it's all sloppy. Like, the whole thing is literally sloppy with the spray paint and everything. It's just, I don't know.
0: So, after this incredibly devastating spray-painted hip attack from Tony Storm, Uh, Ruby Soho just comes in, throws Tony storm out of the ring onto Soraya and she pins Britt Baker. So Ruby Soho wins. Um, I man, the action I thought was fine, you know. But man, I thought I thought that that this finish was, including that move, was just so incredibly stupid.
2: What, um, was what, was the idea to like get the L from Tony's butt and somehow take that L and place it on was a Brit? was in the corner, place it on her face? Is yeah. that what they're trying to do? Because I don't think that's how spray paint but works. Like,
0: don't touch wet paint, you know. Yeah, and it, and
2: it, it works for paint. I don't think it works for spray paint. I could be wrong,
0: but right. No, it's 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 like it's one of the dumbest spots I've, I've ever seen. Anyway, um, afterwards Soraya and Hader argue, of course, and they do, to really, in case you don't get the fact that Ruby Soho is caught in between them, they literally have Ruby Soho stuck in between Soraya and, and Jamie Hader as the two are arguing and Soho wants the both of them to stop. I just, I think a good match, fine, uh, but awful storytelling thus far in this feud.
2: I mean, I like how they've recently been not putting the women's matches at the 930 thing, that's a good thing, but if you're gonna do it don't close the show with you know uh a baby face in the middle of the ring trying to decide (sighs) which heel to join like it just i don't know just the whole finish was just flat to me it's like they need something they need a stronger hook if they want people to be interested in the storyline at all
0: it really feels like this is like um like a form of like a wwe storyline or i mean fine go back and call it wcw storyline but i i i would actually say like worse written than you know um a wwf storyline um i i think it should just be about like you know in AEW like who could be a better wrestler uh and, and who who is the better wrestler you know like people that were uh, brought up in in, in AEW or people that have had the experience of a major league promotion like the wwe um i think we could have maybe kept it to that without you know a whole lot of this like overtly heel stuff um like with the spray paint i get it's maybe a callback to the nwo but i just think it's been done uh, it, it's it's such a poor facsimile
2: so so quick question so if this is gonna lead let's just say this leads to a six-woman match you and ruby sides with baker and jamie hater can you see somebody else coming in to join with tony storm and saraya from the, like an, like an ex WWE yeah, person, like a Naomi, for example, just first person that pops in my head. I can't see no. her personally, but just somebody of that caliber, like a Mandy Rose, would be perfect. Honestly, I feel like she would be probably perfect in that role.
0: She would be, honestly. At this point, I feel like anybody entering this program, like who has a certain level of star power, I, I would consider this to be a bit of a downgrade. Like I would want to divorce them from from this program and just kind of start them fresh themselves. Um, but if it was somebody currently on the roster or somebody like. I don't know. Even like an Ember, um, uh, uh, Athena. Uh, Athena, I I, w- I wouldn't throw her into this. I think it's, nah, it's she's, just,
2: she's too busy feeding with a uh, Yuka Sakazaki over there in Ring of Monderland, So yeah, could there be a third? I, maybe they'll
0: just keep it to two, and then where you know where does Soho fit in? Hmm. Or maybe yeah. so maybe Hater is not a part of this, and Hater goes off and does her own thing.
2: Does her own thing? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Just like I, I my brain is just trying to like trying to like understand what this is leading to like what the end game is so hopefully we'll find out pretty soon because we only got a couple more weeks before revolution
0: so that is AEW dynamite tonight uh i'm sorry everybody i forgot to uh in, in in the midst of all this chaos uh i forgot to leave the feedback thread so um no feedback for today because it's going to be a bit of a longer show anyway but uh, your thoughts overall on aw dynamite tonight
2: no, it was a good show. The matches are because it, last week when they announced this lineup, I was like, hmm. I think I even messaged you. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a, a weaker lineup than what we're used to with Dynamite. But the Texas uh, tornado match was good. Um, the opening match was good as well. Uh, the MGF promo was really good. Uh, the only like really negative I would say would be the 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 women's match, unfortunately, the main event. Um, I did I did like what they're doing with Moxley and and Paige. Like we finally know what that's leading to with their match. But yeah, overall, it's a thumbs up show. I would say
0: uh so a couple in the chat room are saying they set up hater versus soho at the end of this um was this for like a, a i guess so- soho getting the win would lead you to think it was it was something i might have missed missed something some detail at the end of the show but um that could be a direction that they're headed to
2: somebody's so. asking again what happened to Sheeta. yeah I, I, we don't know she she was so she, part of the storyline right
0: she was on the jericho cruise so mm, okay. i mean she was at least stateside but she's also got her zombie show in japan um Um, I don't know where she is at this moment. I would suggest people follow her Instagram. Um, so mad dog here. Thank you, mad dog. He says, um, she stared at the belt. So Ruby Soho, I'm assuming. So, okay. She stared at the belt and, uh, yeah, that, 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 that's probably where they're going. Um, okay. So that is AEW dynamite for tonight. Before we get out of here, let's get into a bit of a preview for elimination chamber on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, what's your interest level at this point, several days out for this pay-per-view?
2: Extremely high, honestly, like on the level of like w- their major shows, like a Rumble or WrestleMania. Honestly, this whole storyline has been one of my favorite things with the whole bloodline, Sami Zayn. Um, I'm really interested in how they're going to play this out. I'm interested in how the crowd's going to be. I'm really jealous that you're going there. I mean, have a blast, obviously, but I feel like that crowd's going to be electric. Um, i, I I mean, I kind of see where this is going. We'll obviously go over the the preview with the with some of the predictions, but I just feel like this whole show was going to be hot from because it was the last time Montreal even had a pay per view. It's been a long time, right?
0: I think like Sami Zayn said, like it, like twenty something years, yeah, or something like that.
2: I feel like um, yeah, this crowd. I feel like is going to be hot from from beginning to end for this show. But yeah, the, the whole bloodline storyline is 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 fantastic, and I just I can't wait to see this. And and it kind of reminds me of like when the whole like um. Uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels feud. And you had like some weeks there had brawl in Canada. Then you had, you know what I mean? Like you had the hometown advantage. And I feel like that's where we're going to get here with Sami Zayn being in his home turf in this feud.
0: Well, let's start things off here with the men's elimination chamber match. We have Montez Ford taking on Johnny Gargano, taking on Bronson Reed, taking on Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins, apologies, taking on Damian Priest and taking on the champion Austin Theory for the United States Championship. Um, you know, We have, I think, the makings of a pretty good match here, you know, between a high flyer like a Montez Ford to a giant who can also do a bit of high flying himself in Bronson Reed to, of course, like your all star workers in a Johnny Gargano and a Seth Rollins to a giant in uh, Damian Priest. And Austin Theory is there as well. Um, but what what do you think about uh, this match in terms of quality and also some of the big stories and maybe some of the highlights and, and um, show stealers that could be a part of this team?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm loving this. Like you said, it's a very diverse lineup here. I'm I'm hoping this is like Montez's like breakout match that we're going to look at like years in the future. Like this is the match that made Montez like the star that he is today. Um, like you said, Bronson Reed. I'm sure he's going to do the the tsunami splash off, um, off one of the pods. Um, yeah, this match I think is going to be great. Honestly, um, I i think that rollins is gonna win this that's my prediction because i feel like that could elevate the match with logan paul with the potential maybe logan paul actually winning a championship at wrestlemania could be something Hmm. um but i feel like that will be the person to, to walk out with this would be rollins but i think the match is just gonna be fantastic overall i
0: kind of didn't he didn't theory just beat beat rollins for it
2: yeah it was pretty recent yeah
0: yeah i i don't know if i see wrong like i don't know if i see them hot potatoing this title back and forth um quite quite so often um i think austin theory keeps it you know just to kind of like um keep some momentum for him heading into the Cena match at 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 mania um i think rollins continues his you know he doesn't have a wrestlemania story until logan paul uh, inevitably shows up um and obviously, um, he's going to have a tremendous performance, as, as is Austin Theory. I kind of kid about him. But, you know, as far as standouts go, I'm looking for Montez Ford and Bronson Reed to have some pretty spectacular moments in this match. Um, I'm looking for Johnny Gargano, you know, to be one of the talks of this. You know, this is a Elimination Chamber helmed by Paul Levesque, and Gargano you know, up until this point, I would say he's been kind of disappointing in his main roster run without anything really all that notable, like being almost a side character in this Miz versus Dexter, Dexter Loomis match. This is going to be a chance for Gargano to hopefully take center stage. Hopefully, he's in there for quite a bit, and hopefully, he impresses just through his, you know, great underdog sort of abilities. Um, Priest also is incredibly hot right oh, now yeah. as part of Judgment Day, so he might last there until, you know, towards the end.
2: And I looked up when Theory won the title, it was actually back in Survivor Series November, and looking at the last couple of champions the average like length for holding the title has been about three months so it, it does like i guess hmm. um it does kind of like make sense if he were to lose it but like who knows like he, I, I didn't even think of the whole john cena thing i guess that would make sense obviously as well he's been doing the whole champions here thing if they are going that direction with cena in theory i guess he would lead the title on on theory
0: all right up next we've got in the women's elimination chamber we have oscar taking on raquel rodriguez taking on natalia taking on Liv morgan taking on carmela Taken on Nikki Cross. So um, for me, um, I much like the Rumble this year, I feel like they've done such a poor job of creating any sort of like storyline in the women's division to make you think that any of them could be a legitimate contender. That I have pretty low interest in this match in terms of story. Um, I think you're looking at this picture and you can who can you justifiably consider as a WrestleMania title contender here?
2: Yeah. Like it's been Oscar for me since they announced this match when they had that little tease on Monday between uh Becky and um Bailey. I'm like, okay. That's cool. They're going to add somebody else who could potentially win this match. That didn't happen. And like you said, there's no storyline going through any of these women. The only storyline with it in, in these competitors is Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae and Candice yeah. is not even in this match. So it's like literally there is no story. The only story is Oscar has this new character that's more vicious and more, uh you know, scary. So she's going to win, obviously. The- um and That's the match that we're going to want to see is going to be her and a uh, Bianca.
0: They've done nothing to, like, tell you why each of these women wants to win a championship or wants to go on to WrestleMania to, to win a championship. You know, Natalia's thing has been um, anti, what, Ronda and Shayna. Um, has Liv Morgan, like, suggested no. any
2: last time we heard her talk was when she said she's gonna be number one in the rumble and then she ended up being number two We're like where's her promo about being number one in the chamber like she hasn't said that th- and what's funny is when they teased um becky and bailey i like actually like the idea because my first thought was well how are they gonna have a seven person if they only have six pods and my thought was okay if they start as a triple threat that makes perfect sense there's three women in the ring and i was like that was a really interesting idea and it never happened but like yeah. you said yeah we haven't heard anything from from Liv there
0: all. might have been one line from raquel about like i don't know wanting to uh, win the championship at, at some point but like certainly nothing um substantial to 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 make you think that any of them have a chance now it could be sort of an out of nowhere pick and i would say raquel rodriguez has a chance of being that out of nowhere pick um she has size and i think you could always promote somebody with size to well who who's the champion that they'd be going after bianca
2: bianca yeah and i know that like raquel and bianca i'm pretty sure are, are pretty close from their nxt days if not mistaken so there is a story there but like raquel has lost a lot of momentum since they debuted she didn't really have that much to begin with but like she's definitely like not i feel like main event wrestlemania championship caliber at this
0: point doesn't feel like it this year no uh conversely asuka coming back from the rumble with this renewed look she doesn't even have to you know say too much and already feels like she's a bigger deal already feels like she's a star feels like the only option quite frankly you know to to go up against bianca belair at wrestlemania so um seems like a pretty obvious conclusion but we'll see we'll see how they get there i mean Liv morgan too it's really too bad i think she you know had some momentum you know throughout the year but um it's it's kind of felt pretty you know flat recently uh okay up next we've got edge and beth phoenix taking on the judgment days finn balor and rhea ripley uh presumably with dominic mysterio somewhere here in a mixed tag team match um what do you think about about this the grid couple making a return here in canada and uh the uh, judgment day incredibly hot right now especially rhea ripley as rhea is about to challenge charlotte for uh the championship at wrestlemania
2: yeah i mean honestly if, if rhea didn't win the rumble this is a match that i could have seen for wrestlemania um but the fact that we're getting here in you know montreal and canada is good for edge obviously um i can't see rhea taking the loss in this match because of her, the fact that she's fighting Charlotte and Mania, so I, I, I'm going to go with the Judgment Day winning this match. Um, but I'm just interested because I'll be honest with you, like I'm not too interested in Edge and Finn about WrestleMania. I think that's the direction that they're going to. I don't really think that like I love Judgment Day right now, but I feel like that's not like unless they add some sort of stipulation to it or some sort of gimmick, um, I can't see that being a match that really like intrigues me going into WrestleMania.
0: And they've already done the tag match, right with with Ray and Edge.
2: Yeah and they've done Edge and, and Balor like pretty recently so it's like I, I don't i don't see that like being like you know wrestlemania caliber to me at least
0: i can see like edge and balor being a more attractive match if you throw it in some interesting stipulation or, or structure attached to it um uh you know this could be edge's last wrestlemania and maybe to kind of make it unique maybe they could throw in like a TLC stipulation or something, which would be ridiculous actually, you know, especially at the man's age, but I, I wouldn't discount maybe something, maybe a chair stipulation, I guess would make more sense for him. Um, in terms of finish, I, I think, it would be Beth taking the the loss, as you mentioned. Rhea going for a championship. She's so incredibly strong. She's not going to take any any loss, and I don't even know if Balor is either, because I think that would just uh, kind of extinguish whatever heat there there might be. Um, I think you have to extinguish it. Well, you know what? He could certainly afford the loss, and then they'll beat down Edge and Phoenix afterwards. But I, it's hard for me to pick this one because, I, like, you know, after the scene uh, in which they concerto Beth, like, I I think they need their the heels need their comeuppance. So. Maybe Edge and Phoenix actually I'm I'm actually gonna change and, and Balor takes the pinfall and then just regains his heat back afterwards.
2: Okay, I can see that happening. Yeah, it's one of those matches where either way I feel like like yeah, obviously if, if, if you know Balor's gonna be the one that's gonna take the pan if they lose and vice versa, like you said, Beth is gonna have to take the pan if they lose. But um yeah, we'll we'll see. Like I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping like I, I would like to see Ray versus Dominic, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get a tag team match with Edge and Ray. Versus Dominic and Finn at Mania. Yeah, well, I was I was saying,
0: didn't they already do that match? Or am I mistaken? Did they do Edge and Ray with somebody else?
1: Um, it's possible Dominic
0: and Finn. I could be wrong because I think that would be the match. You know, um, we
2: had so they had a six man match. It was Dominic, Edge, and Ray. But yeah, I don't see any opposition okay. between all. Yeah, Edge and Dominic had a one on one match, and that's it. But there was no.
0: I think that'd be good. It almost feels too soon to like go to Ray versus Dominic because I think you could drag that, you know, a little bit longer than like, like towards a SummerSlam or something. So I, I, I like it, but we'll see where they go. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. This is a match. Uh, they did a contract signing on Monday for it. Um, no stipulation um, for it. It's a singles match. And uh, do you expect this to have a conclusive ending? Um
2: I think so, because I can't see them having this match and the rematch re- like right away at WrestleMania, unless that's going to be a stipulation match, which I can't see that really happening. Um, I honestly think this is going to be a quick match for Brock uh, to win. Sorry, is that,
0: you don't see them having this rematch at WrestleMania?
2: No, I don't know why. For some reason, I don't see this being like redone at WrestleMania. Um, maybe just me not wanting to see that at WrestleMania. I'd rather see Brock and, and Gunther, as everybody everybody else in the world wants to see that. So I'm even just telling myself, my brain, to just you know not want that rematch. But I hope this is just like a, a quick little... like road, you know, roadblock for for Brock before he actually fights Gunther at uh, Mania. But I don't see this match being too long, maybe like six, seven minutes, just like a quick, quick work for Brock.
0: I'm strictly going by, like, you know, what I hear about reports um, stating that this is still penciled in. But, I mean, at this point, I, who knows? Maybe maybe my, my news is, is outdated. So, I mean,
2: I mean, if they do the rematch, I mean, it's going to have to be a stipulation. What would you do? Like, let's false count anywhere. Like, I guess, like, there really isn't much I can see with these two doing. They're not going to do a TLC match.
0: A dick into the dirt match. Dick into the dirt I mean.
2: match. Yeah. Uh, a, a bulldozer match or something. Like, bring your own, like, uh, sure. vehicle of choice. And, and kind of like what Giant Hulk Hogan did at Cobo Hall. Just bring right. your, you know. Go on the, on the roof of a of a yeah. wherever, SoFi Stadium. Well,
0: you know, if we're strictly strictly talking about personal preference, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't want to see this rematch again. I mean, I feel like we've seen it plenty of times at this point, and um, that almost guarantees some sort of bullshit finish uh, on Saturday, which I think would just more so turn people off than you know get them interested. Um, I do feel like there there's if you do want to make this more interesting, and if you do intend on delaying it till WrestleMania. I think they got to go the way of like the major stunt, you know, like the way they did with Brock Lesnar, bring a bulldozer out and creating the spectacular scene, even though it wiped away the finish of the match, you're leaving the audience feeling like they saw something special. And you know, with these two, I think that's possible, but mm, this is not going to be a show closing match either. So we'll see what they can do. All right. Uh, that is that except of course, for the main event. The main event of all main events ever. Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the undisputed Universal Championship. Sino, so, you know, I need to know from you, um, first of all, not just your prediction on who's going to win, but what happens in this match. Who comes in? How do you book this finish?
2: Um, I would have Paul Heyman spray paint Roman Reigns uh butt with a L and have nah. In all seriousness, I, I think the whole like Uso stay at home thing um is solely for Jimmy. And I feel like Jay is gonna find his way into Montreal. And uh, you know, everybody's gonna think he's gonna help out Sammy, but he's he's not. He's gonna he's gonna end up uh, causing uh Sammy the loss. Unfortunately, that's gonna be a big heartbreak and maybe they will start attacking him after the match and that's when Kevin Owens I think it's it's kinda like I feel like it's a everybody's kind of predicting this in a way but then you know kevin owens comes out for the save and that's your your match for mania uh, kevin owens and sammy against the usos but hey, roman has to win obviously right um i can't see cody getting involved in this cody is not on this card at all now that i think about it. he has no involvement do you see him maybe being involved in this match somehow or because like they already set up some sort of friendship right so let's just say there was a bloodline beatdown and like cody would have to come out as well you would think right not only kevin owens
0: hmm interesting um yeah yeah, actually, you know, maybe as a way to kind of further the team up and like the audience can't Canadian specifically support for Cody to have him come to Sammy's aid and be on his side, I think would probably be an effective way of doing it. Um, I also wonder if they're like, you know, at this point, not wanting to risk it and just, you know, avoiding having Cody at all appear in, in this scene. But I think that would be a good way. Yeah, Kevin Owens is another, you know, kind of lingering person that's out there that um, we could presume will will make will make an appearance. Um, a bit of an update here. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio did state that he was told that both Usos are actually cleared to enter. Oh, so okay. that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, Jimmy will. And in fact, I don't know if, if there's a storyline reason for Jimmy to be there. Um, he should I be mean, listening it, to orders.
2: It would just make the, the, the beat down, I guess, you know, more if there's more people they were solo and Jimmy and Jay. If there is like a total beat down the bloodline on Sammy before Kevin Owens comes out um, for the eventual save, you would think. But yeah, that's good. That's good to hear that they both allowed. Yeah. So, you know,
0: I think we can expect Kevin Owens involvement. I think we can expect Jey Uso involvement. And um, at this point, this will probably spell out what the direction is for Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. If it is, in fact, a tag team match with Kevin Owens, then we'll, um, we'll see how this leads off. But it's not even so much about the ending of the match as, you know, the the incredible atmosphere that I, I think is sure that, it, that is going to be there. I mean,
2: that's come out to his old music.
0: I think they have to. They have to, right? They have to.
2: They're already chanting the Ole Ole at, uh, on Raw, so I, I can see that. For one night only, I think he said somewhere about like he'd rather have new music, but nobody's going to know what the new music is, right? So you might as well have the old music for one night.
0: I mean, is it a, is it a CFO song? You know, Could it be a Johnny Gargano situation where they had to like remake it? Yeah, but I'm uh, pretty
2: sure like some people in WWE are still using their CFO songs, if not I'm not mistake. Right. I'm pretty sure like Bianca is CFO. She's been using that same song forever, and Johnny went back to CFO for one night, so I'm sure they can do it for one night. They can just send CFO a paycheck.
0: Whatever it costs, you know, and I don't think it's a, it's an issue of CFOs. It's the publishing company. But whatever it costs, I mean, they got to pay for that for one night because in Montreal, it's it's going to be crazy. Um, but you know, I'm I'm very curious to see what they do in this match to keep Sammy a star, to keep him hot enough coming out of WrestleMania. Because I, you know, the, I think the the Cody Road, Sammy Zayn tease on Monday wasn't just done to build attention and and the possibility of Sami Zane winning on Saturday I think they want to do, eventually do Cody Rhodes versus Sami Zayn and that means you have to keep Sami Zayn not just you know number one fine but maybe a number two in terms of babyface without a Roman without Roman reigns being there so um they got to retain that value because they have a real big potential star on their hands so can
2: you see them holding that all the way until money in the bank and having maybe that be a thing that Sammy wins and and uses on Cody
0: I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to have a babyface Money in the Bank winner, I think that's great. Um,
2: Actually, annou- announced a match ahead and you, you kind of you set it up for like – because what? Money in the Bank is before SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken?
0: I believe so. so. I don't, know, I don't see, know if they changed that recently. but So if yeah. you do
2: Money in the Bank in London and then Sammy wins it and say, hey, I'm, I want the match with Cody. If Cody wins, obviously, I want the match at SummerSlam. There you go.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, so that is – WWE's Elimination Chamber, John Pollock and I will be live in Montreal all weekend. So we'll be doing a show about Smack, uh, Rewind to SmackDown. Um, so that, again, this will probably affect our live um, uh, start times. But um, rest assured, we will have shows up there by the morning for all of you guys either listening on Friday on the Post Wrestling Cafe for Rewind to SmackDown or on Saturday slash Sunday morning for our Elimination Chamber post show. Whenever we record, I'm sure we will probably go live here on youtube.com slash post wrestling, but we're not so sure about the start time because we're going to be at the uh, post-fight press conference actually um, on Saturday night. So um, there's a lot there. I want to get to some super chats here uh, that I I forgot to mention here and I want to thank you. Biff, our friend Biff, sends in $10 to say, finally watching
2: live, thanks for the entertainment. Watch MLW Underground yep i i watched it today a fantastic match between calvin tankman and willie mack you would think these two guys are cruiserweights the way they move these two had a hell of a match these two big guys oh uh, yeah mlw underground's been great the, the two weeks that it's been on so far and you can listen to me talk about it on shot the dark so thank you biff uh shout out to biff i hope to see you soon uh one of these mlw shows
0: thank you so much biff as always for the support we also got a jake from the windy city who sends two dollars who says way i hope you and john run into ariel in montreal um yeah, I'm assuming Ariel is there. I mean, I'm, you know, he, he'll probably be doing some some coverage for it, and, and of course, it's also his hometown. So we have a lot of like interactions and meetings with a lot of people um, that week already. So we're we're going to try to catch up with Kay from Montreal. Uh, we're going to try to catch up with the postmaster Robert Brockie. We're going to try to catch up with Brandon Thurston as well, who will also be there. So um, Ariel, I'm sure, is going to be busy as hell too. So we'll we'll see if we can, we have enough time to catch up with him. Very quickly, coming up on the site. This weekend, okay, first of all, The Man That Never Sleeps, I thought it was John Pollock. Evidently, it is also John Ceno, because if this isn't enough John Cena for you, John Ceno will also be appearing on this weekend's edition of The Long and Winding Royal Road with W.H. Park. What will you two be talking about?
2: We're talking about uh, Dan Crawford versus Rob Van Dam in uh, old japan i think it was 1994 or 5 i probably got the year wrong um great match i just wanted to pick two people that wh didn't discuss yet on uh, the long and winding road road so uh, yeah we actually enjoyed this match it's like Robbie dam's like highest singles rated match that's like not jerry lynn i want to say so uh and of course me and wh as you can uh, attest to always have a fun banter back and forth uh discussing anything you
0: so. are my favorite like honestly i know you guys don't normally do a, a podcast together but like you're probably my favorite like post-wrestling couple um, the way that you guys <laughs> interact. It's...
2: And don't worry, there'll be more. He, after he finished listening to uh, What Up Though" on the Poison Rama feed with me and B-Detroit, he, he he asked for an invitation so I could see WH possibly coming on and discussing, uh, I don't know, Cool G Rap and Big Daddy Kane on the future episode of What Up Though. You bring out
0: a side of WH that is like maybe his most, like <laughs> his most WH is the best way that I could put it. So um, look forward to that on Saturday on the Post Wrestling feed. And then, uh, of course, tomorrow I will be live here at 3 p.m. Eastern Time for the Wellness Policy. It is our man Neil's birthday, so happy to celebrate, Happy Birthday Neil! Happy Birthday Neil! Right now in Ireland, and uh, to celebrate, uh, we are letting him choose the topic, and he has chosen the topic of friendship. How do we maintain our friendships as we, you know, get up there and get busier with wrestling podcasts? Um, and And things like that, so we'll be talking about it and inviting all of you guys to join us. Look for the link in the post wrestling cafe uh, uh, feeds and also our social media at post wrestling for that. John will return also tomorrow with an interview with John Nash from Bloody Elbow, talking about the UFC contract change story that uh, john nash has done a lot of great reporting on so those of you that are interested in the ufc or just sports contracts and especially as it relates to combat sports do check this out this will be also out tomorrow at youtube.com post wrestling as well as our, our free free feed uh i believe he's also john is also speaking to pat la at some point this week about the career of Sami Zayn. of course um pat is a personal friend of sammy zane's and has documented and witnessed firsthand you know the the, the entire career of uh, sammy Zayn from from montreal so i'm very much looking forward to that uh podcast uh and then yeah again this weekend we're off to elimination chamber again no live edition of rewind of smackdown on friday um but we will have a show recorded in montreal for all patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com so john ceno thank you so much again for bailing us out and saving us from you know um a show just of me which would be awful awful awful
2: of course anytime like you said uh throw up throw up the signal in the sky and i'll be there
0: where can people hear more of you? This is your chance to promote wherever, wherever you can hear John Cena.
2: Yeah, if you go to poisonrana.ca, you'll see all our links to all our socials there. Uh, my own personal socials, C-N-O-E-V-I-L, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Check me out. Uh, like I mentioned, Shot in the Dark, uh, every Thursday morning. Um, hopefully, if I could record it tomorrow morning, uh, I'm sure I will be able to uh, before a reasonable time. But uh, this week, I'm talking about... Um, a superhero versus a supervillain match on Level Up with Axiom and Scripts that was kind of interesting. You had uh, Indy Hartwell and the Creed Brothers on a uh, on main event. You had uh, Athena attacking Yuka Sakazaki on AW Dark. A lot of interesting things that happened on the this week epi- uh, episode. So definitely check it out. And uh, like you know, like Way said, me and WH this weekend as well in the Long and Winding Railroad.
0: All right, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in live. We will catch you guys later this week. Bye bye.